I'm James. And I'm Candy. Welcome to Trigger Happy, a weekly podcast presented by us at the Gender Centre. As usual, we're discussing psychological triggers and how they affect trans and gender diverse people. This week, we're going to talk about anxieties around passing. Hope you'll stick around. Hear a story, then settle back and just sit tight while Sister Mitchell starts reviewing their attitude of doing right. You got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, latch on to the affirmative. It's important to say that Trigger Happy is not a substitute for actual counselling. If you feel that after listening to our show, you might need to explore some of the things we've discussed, then please check out the Gender Centre website, www.gendercentre.org.au, for links and recommendations. Before we discuss this week's anxiety topic, we'd like to introduce a new segment of Trigger Happy. Over the course of our show, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to try our best to use language as inclusively as possible. And sometimes we're going to get it wrong. So we're going to talk about changes that we're going to make in how we present. In a previous episode, we used the term transition. So now we're going to use affirmation and gender affirming instead. Because not all trans and gender diverse people transition after all. Others might be uncomfortable with the idea of medical or social transition. Secondly, in the past episode, we used the term realistic to discuss how anxiety triggers are powerful enough to be justified or not. We're going to change this too because anxieties are not black and white and how each of us reacts to anxiety is totally legitimate. So from now on, we're going to talk about where our volume sits on this issue. As in, it might feel like an 11 out of 10, but let's see if we can roll it back to a 3. And thanks for your feedback. The goal of our show is to be as inclusive as possible. By telling us how we might do what we do better, we can learn, review and improve. And so now on with this week's show and anxiety triggers. So James, what is an anxiety trigger? Okay, so an anxiety trigger is essentially something that brings on feelings of anxiety. So this can include social, environmental and biological factors. Um, In our podcast, triggers will refer to events, experiences and feelings that cause worry, stress, distress, and anxiety. And remember, the problem for trans and gender diverse people is that everything is in the trigger. Triggers for trans people are socially constructed. Today's podcast is about how to deal with anxieties around passing. But first we need some background. Well, passing basically refers to society's reaction to your gender and whether you are being seen as the gender you identify as. This concept is problematic, however, because it really plays into the gender binary. It's, it talks about whether we're being seen as male or female. And that might be okay if that's what you would like the world to see, and that's how you identify. But we know that that's not the case for everyone. Some people aspire to passing, and for them that's okay. But no one should ever feel compelled to pass. When trans and gender diverse people feel that they have to pass, then passing becomes a big problem. And for the purposes of our podcast, passing as a psychological trigger is a serious and far-reaching source of harm. 
The vast majority of people, trans and gender diverse or otherwise, have felt at some time in their life the pressure to conform to gender norms. These norms, after all, are vigorously policed in all aspects of society. We do it to ourselves, we do it to other people, we see it in the media, at work, in our private and family lives, sometimes without even realising it. So for trans and gender diverse people, passing can be hard, if not impossible, to conform to. Amongst trans and gender diverse people, passing can often be seen as a mark of success or failure, even though passing is really something any of us has any control over. Unfortunately, even the trans and gender diverse community can sometimes participate in policing gender conformity. So why is this? I guess by allowing themselves permission to judge those they think aren't passing as well as they believe they are, they can feel more secure. It might also be because of external factors, such as society in general and in the media. Representations of trans and gender diverse people in the media often fall into three simplistic categories sad, mad, or bad. A term used by Lisa Apinyanesi, but very applicable here. Not to mention that we generally only see positive representations of trans and gender diverse people in the media if they pass. This can mean that unrealistic expectations of success and failure are lumped on trans and gender diverse people. By critiquing other people's gender presentation, some trans and gender diverse people might see a way to rationalise their own negativity about being trans and gender diverse by being critical of any behaviour that doesn't meet these kinds of stereotypes. And this in itself may arise from their own negative experiences. And as superficial and hurtful as that seems, critiquing other trans and gender diverse people's passing is a big way to avoid thinking about the root of the problem. That anyone policing another person's passing is a serious problem. Here's the important thing. Many trans and gender diverse people are joined by a common threat. A lot of us are no longer able to remain within the confines of the gender expectations assigned to us at birth. We feel compelled to depart our destination seeking gender euphoria. Every seeker's journey is valid. Every seeker's struggle has meaning worthy of our respect and support. Sometimes that journey means familiar signs, well-paved roads and easy-to-see landmarks. But often it means becoming a traveller in the wild, full of unexpected threats, dangers, bad roads, hostile locals and long unwanted delays in places we have no desire to even be, let alone stay. And so it's important to acknowledge that there are many roads that lead to the mountain. And when we say mountain, we mean a sense of a place that is our own, that we might feel happy to live. So before we get into the fear itself, I just wanted to have a bit of a chat about the science of gaze. That's G-A-Z-E, not G-A-Y-S. So when we look at people, we are entirely biologically driven. We have biological instinct to subconsciously gender people. And this usually happens in a nanosecond. We can scan a room or a street and decide whether someone is in the binary, male or female. But if there's anything ambiguous, whether somebody might have what looks like a male presenting body, but a female gesture, or any other indication that there is something maybe non-binary, then we go back for a second look. We gaze again, and that might be for a second, and we try to gender that person. This is all biological instinct. This isn't because we might believe in the gender binary. It's just something we're hardwired with. So after this second, 
we might go back a third time. And it's in the third time that it's usually staring. Someone can be looking and appear aggressive or angry, but they're really just confused and their instinct is trying to help them to gender. Keep in mind that if someone is staring, part of it might be a biological instinct and, of course, part of it may not. This is just something to be mindful of as we try to navigate our way through our fears and anxieties and this also might take some practice. So these are the top four anxieties that really surround passing. Number one, not passing. Like, is this what I should do? Will I come out all right? Number two, being misgendered or deadnamed. Will I be taken seriously? Number three, being abnormal. Will this ever end? Will I ever be normal? And number four, being erased. Especially for the gender diverse, will there always be a conversation about my gender? What's normal? And really, who's your guide to tell you what normal is? Okay, so let's discuss each of these. Anxiety number one, not passing. So not conforming to cultural expectations of gender or not being seen as the gender you identify as. Okay, so as talked about earlier, not passing um, refers to when uh, you're not read as the gender, your preferred gender. Um, and it might also be where you're attempting to present a particular uh, gender presentation and it's... Um, it's not working for you. Yeah. So where would our volume sit on this? Well, for some people it might be right up there out of 10. Mm. And this would probably suggest this is an issue. You know, it does cause a, a lot of anxiety for you. So why does not passing in society or within your family make us feel so anxious? Well, I think it's, you know, it's because potentially it means that you're outing yourself. Um, obviously not your family, but um, out in society, at work. Um, it could also be about being invalidated. Um, it could also, you know, lead to further anxiety and worries about risk to safety and, mm. and other things. Judgment can certainly mean a risk to safety. <clears throat> but it's also important to understand in terms of our biology, when we were talking before about the biological instinct to gender, we also have a biological need to be seen as we see ourselves. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think that's a lot of the experience of trans and gender diverse people is that they're trying to be seen for who they are. Yeah, they're authentic selves. And it doesn't matter if it's binary or non-binary, we want people to recognise who we are. Okay, so how do I survive? Part of it is going to be about knowing your own expectations and beliefs. Um, so knowing what you're hoping other people to think of you, knowing what your ideas of gender are. And within that, you might be able to make some adjustments. Adjustments to your own expectations, adjustments to how you view what your ideas about other people's expectations of you. And maybe adjustments to how important it is that the person at the coffee shop genders you correctly. Exactly. And... So that's another thing that can help you to survive is get more specific about the situation you might be involved in 
Um, About each, who matters. Yeah, and well, each situation you're in is going to involve different people, different, um, different events. So asking yourself, what will this situation be like? Can I manage this situation? And remember, it's okay not to. Not every, we're not always going to feel like we can manage, you know, a big concert or a, the coffee shop or whatever yeah, situation. Trans people, in. trans and gender diverse people aren't superheroes. We're humans too. Exactly. Okay, so if we want to get to being okay, I guess we first have to acknowledge what James just said, that we're not always going to be fine. The anxiety of being read as the gender that you authentically identify as is a really, really big one for some people. And it's okay sometimes to hurt when this doesn't happen. Exactly. You're not a robot and you have emotions and emotions are real and necessary. So part of being okay is learning different skills skills different coping skills different skills in communication maybe learning um, assertiveness skills Um, so do you mean being able to say she if you identify as female and someone misgenders you i believe that might be our next anxiety so being misgendered or dead named okay so what does it mean to be misgendered or dead named i think dead named is um one of those terms that is It fits for you or it might not. And I'll start there. What we're referring to is that somebody uses the name you were given at birth. Probably matches the gender you were identified as at birth. And that might not fit very well for how you identify now. Yeah, so it refers to um, when someone's changed their name to suit their identity. And then you use their old name. Yeah. Hmm. So being misgendered, this can happen quite overtly or sometimes really automatically and by accident but really it's often when you're being spoken about in the third person so when somebody's talking about me for example if they had said he or him in their sentence then I would feel like I was very much being misgendered right so where does our volume sit on this so again for a lot of people this is going to be right up there um, being misgendered or dead name can feel like a knife straight to the heart for some people. Um, not all, of course. Some people are more comfortable with it. Some people are used to it. Some people have adapted to it and accept that it's going to happen. Absolutely. And, you know, I was asked by a client how they could help their mum understand what it feels like to be misgendered or dead named. And the, the thing that I came up with was that it, it might not be a knife to the heart, you know, that's that's quite fatal really. But that's if you <laughs> if you actually imagined that every time somebody gendered you, you got a really hard flick to the earlobe. Right. Or if they dead named you, then someone came and smacked you over the back of the head. Mm-hmm. It's tolerable in the first one, two or three instances, but you're going to get pretty tired of it and very very aware of the potential of it after time and you know if you're having a bad day and you're tired and and feeling emotional and you know that could really for some people be the the straw that breaks the camel's back absolutely so the important question to keep asking yourself through this is how do i survive 
Well, I think it's important to remember that you're still trans and gender diverse even if people don't get it right. Absolutely. Um, there are people in society, in the world, in support services who will acknowledge you and your experience. If this is something we can survive, then the next question is how do I get to being okay? I'm going to go back to communication skills. Um, so you mentioned before learning how to respond to someone if they've misgendered you. Hmm. That's a skill a person can learn. To, and it comes with practice. It does come with practice. You can you can use different strategies like to, uh, writing a script for yourself and having it ready just in case it happens. You can also rally your troops. You know, if you're a school student and you've got a group of friends, you can have them talk right. to the, the broader community about how you like to be gendered. And sometimes you might have a cheerleader right by you when you're being misgendered who will jump in and say, Oi. <laughs> That's not okay. Actually, that's a really good point because often, well, not often, but sometimes it's more appropriate for someone in a position of power, say, at work, to be informing people and pulling them up when they're not identifying you. Yeah, as, absolutely. As you preferred. Like uh, your manager. It is, it's actually the management's responsibility to make sure that your workplace is safe for you. And if you're being misgendered or deadnamed at work... This is a, a lack of respect. You can't demand that people accept you. You can't demand that they change their worldview to see you as you see yourself. But you can expect respect. And it's the management's job to make sure that happens. Right. So you're not alone. Talk to people in similar situations. Um, hear other people's experiences and see what your your paths to addressing this situation could be. Yeah, get advice. Ask other people how they do it. Come to groups at the Gender Centre or any, anywhere else where you can find people that are in your situation and talk to them about how they might have done it before. Use our website. It's got a lot of resources, particularly for coming out in the workplace. Yeah, yeah there's handouts there that you can pass on to people that you might think might need to have a read. Mm. So that takes us to anxiety number three, being abnormal. So the question of will this ever end, will I be normal? So this anxiety is referring to um, someone who might be post-gender affirmation or, or even before and feeling like they might never feel like they fit in. So they feel on the outer, feel abnormal um, and are hoping and waiting for that day that they don't feel like that any longer. Yeah, and being trans and gender diverse certainly is a minority. You are in a minority and that means that we can always look to the majority to judge what we think is normal. Right. This might not actually be immediately obvious. I think it's a really good idea to have a think and, and notice if, if you do have feelings around not feeling normal um, or thoughts around not feeling normal. Um, might be an underlying thing. Mm. And once again, it does come back to biology and instinct. We're biologically tuned to consider what is normal. And normal just means what is average. And sometimes it's about fitting in and and doing things that are socially acceptable and mm. and that kind of thing. Um, like you said, we're, we're biologically 
um, wired to be fit in. to be part of a group. The important question to keep asking yourself through this is, how do I survive? Okay, so I think that you can do some research. Notice other trans and gender diverse people around in society, in the media. Trans and gender diverse people are working at becoming more visible every day so that you know that it's real and normal and you're okay. Right. So if this is something that we can survive, the next question is, how do I get to being okay? So for being okay, it's important to notice your thoughts. Sometimes we can challenge our thoughts and really check out the reality of them. Yeah, I think if we know what we're thinking, which often feeds into how we're feeling, and then we can potentially challenge them, it can alleviate some of the feelings of distress that we have and anxiety. Mm. Um, Another thing we can do is talk to others for reassurance. Um, We could write a list with affirmations, things to remind ourselves that are positive. Um, And also I think reminding yourself that you didn't choose this. It just is. Okay, anxiety number four, being erased. In this anxiety, we're talking probably more specifically to the gender diverse. Right, so just remembering that not everyone fits into a binary. There are people who identify as non-binary. People who identify as bi-gender or gender fluid. Or gender queer or whatever identity they identify with. Mm, Anything that is authentic to you is a legitimate identity. Exactly. And the experience, the anxiety that we're talking about is where that's not included or um, non-binary people are, are only identified as or only identified in an in a binary sense so being sucked into the gender binary right like when people have that biological instinct to gender it's when they might gather a number of gender cues and decide that another person is either male or female right or or even labeling features as male or female and still missing out on the whole um notional possibility that there is that there is non-binary and that it's not one of two options or a mixture of two options for some people it's a spectrum or it's it's not even you know it's none of, of the that. options exactly mm-hmm. so where does our anxiety volume sit on this one so depending on your experience um this anxiety is going to be really high up on your volume control um i think it's it it for some people, it's about being told that they're not real, they shouldn't exist. Or being or told that they have to choose. Right. Well, you're one of two options. Mm. The important question to keep asking yourself through this is, how do I survive? Yes, and it's a challenging one for people who are gender diverse or non-binary because it might be something that takes a lot longer to settle into or get used to than somebody who does identify in the binary. Not necessarily so. It depends on the individual's experience, of course. Of course. And I think the important thing here in How Do I Survive is to really tap into your identity. Right. And also taking care of your mental health. Mm. We're talking about really difficult things here. And, um, you know, having uh, daily healthy practices... Like affirmations. Once again, you could write affirmations. And, and, you know, sometimes people balk at the idea, but it really is beneficial 
to stand in front of the mirror and tell yourself, you know, I am a beautiful non-binary person or whatever it is that works for you. Yeah, and you can use variations of, of that idea. Um. So also we're talking about sleep hygiene, good diet, healthy diet. exercise, yeah. uh, mindfulness practices. Everything that supports your mental health on a general basis is helpful when we're looking at surviving anxiety. Yeah, look at look for apps. There are really great apps um, for meditation and breathing. Um, Definitely. Even YouTube has some helpful videos as well. Hmm. Um, the other thing that's going to help you through is, is developing your skills. We're not born superheroes. Um, you know, we have to learn along the way. We don't always have what we need right when we need it, and that's that doesn't mean we won't have them have that in the future. Mm. There are lots of strategies out there to help people cope. So if this is something that we can survive, the next question is how do I get to being okay? Once again, I think this one is about rallying your troops. Talk to people that you trust, people that love you and want to understand you, and see if you can get them on the same page. And if you're struggling to find people, there are services out there who will support you, who do see you, like the Gender Centre. There are other amazing services online and in the community that can help you manage this kind of situation. Mm. So if you have people that understand how you see yourself, then when somebody challenges that, or you've had just a rough day, it's good to find those people and have them reaffirm. Every little bit helps. Remember, your experience is valid. So I guess in summary of what we've talked about tonight, the important points are that, A, this is a problematic issue. This is something that not everybody agrees is necessary. Some people think is imperative. And we know that it's damaging to a lot of people. So it's something we have to talk about. Exactly. We have to manage it, even if we don't want to even if we wish it didn't exist it's there we need to address it yeah and i think with regard to passing this is something that the general society holds as well as the trans community trans and gender diverse community that society expects in some way that trans and gender diverse people should pass um so summarizing what we've talked about with surviving and being okay a lot of that is around your own mental health. Yeah, taking care of yourself, doing things that um, keep your spirits up or build skill, build your skills, um, engaging with services that can support you, especially when you feel like you can't. And engaging with your community, whether that be other people who identify similarly or it's just people that love you and want to support you. It can be really hard for trans and gender diverse people to find other people in their community um, and so we encourage you to go out there access your services talk to people every little bit helps so that's it from us now check out our other episodes on our trigger happy page these episodes aren't strictly sequential so feel free to check out the ones that are relevant we'd like to thank the inner west council for making this podcast possible we'd also like to acknowledge the support of aurora as well as no trees web design Production was by Eloise Brooke and the Gender Centre staff. If you are trans and gender diverse and you want more information about services at the Gender Centre, find us at www.gendercentre.org.au.
and feel free to leave any f- feedback on the Trigger Happy page. We'd love to hear what you think. We'd also like to say that if you are in crisis or you're needing support or just need to talk to someone, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or the Gender Centre on 9519 7599. Bye now. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between.